Have you thought about when I ask you this question about who you are? Have you decided? Oh no, I, I'm completely just gonna. Okay. No, I haven't either. I didn't realise you were gonna do that. I texted you and said you, you did said text. these questions. <sighs> As I'm giving the descriptions, I'm going to keep them short and sweet. We've got Jordan Bunker, who's a men's lifestyle and fashion writer and blogger. That is a bit of a mouthful. And Matt Buckets, who is also a men's lifestyle, fashion writer and blogger. Did I get that right, guys? Well, yeah, sounds good we'll to me. We'll take it. And what about you, Nick? What do you do? I'm an influencer marketing specialist. That's what I've started to call myself. I thought consultant sounded a bit stupid. It's tricky. What do you think, Matt? Consultant or specialist? Specialist, uh, I'd, I'd listen to you more so. Yeah, okay. Jordan? Consultant sounds a bit corporate. Just to give a bit of a flavour for who you are, can you tell me the last project you worked on? Who was it for and what did you do? Jordan, did you want to start? The last project would be, so last week, I get, well, depending on when this goes out, um, I did a talk with um, Hardy Amers alongside... Oliver Houston and Charlie Irons on like on a style panel and we talked through like winter looks and winter styling and then we gave a bit about about like Instagram and social media and yeah we did kind of we had to post a photo on Instagram as well as a we had to put it include it in our new, our own newsletters as well and invite our followers to come and attend and yeah it actually went really well surprisingly um, <laughs> we had about 90 people um RSVP. Um, Matt, what was the last project you worked on? The last project I worked on was with IKEA uh, for a home interior project where I styled the latest hay collection in our house. Uh, and with that came a little bit of social media here and there, newsletter, and uh, bish bosh bash, job done. Cool. So we're going to talk about sponsored post declaration which sounds like a riveting subject, but I feel like it's a very, uh, I hate using the phrase, but I'm going to, on-trend topic. Oh, I was going to use zeitgeist. The zeitgeist. Mm. Okay, yeah, I like it. Maybe we can re-edit what I said so that it sounds like I said <laughs> zeitgeist. Can um, so I guess the reason this has come to light is because as more money is going into influencer marketing and more uh, bloggers and Instagrammers and YouTubers are being asked to do more work, the Advertising Standards Authority in this country and others around the world are starting to take more of an interest into how people disclose whether or not the work they've done has been paid for by a brand. Would you say that's a good uh, assessment of where we are? Hoof. Of course Hoof you're going to say yes. Just both. You can both say yes, yes. at once. Go, yes. Go, go. <laughs> yes. I think, and I think what I find is maybe missing in all of this is so for someone like you Matt who's been doing this for quite a while now how many years have you been blogging it's got to be 10 years 10 years 10 yeah when when was your first paid project into that 10 years hmm that's interesting I would probably say within a year possibly really yeah there might have been like a 30 quid 40 quid here and there not too sure and do you, can you remember, I don't, 
you don't need to say brands or anything unless you want to. But what um, do you remember what the no, project was? I can't. I really can't. It's a long time ago. I could find out, but and it's only thirty quid. I guess it's not 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 to belittle Back in that. The day, it, was, it was definitely going to be SEO related at that time. Nothing of interest. Actually, that must have been quite a surprise because were many people getting paid back then for um, anything? Like, was it a surprise to you that someone said to you, "Here's thirty quid if you drop in this link"? Yeah, I mean, it sounded great at the time because I was just a student. And out of interest, did you actually declare that you put that paid link in if it was a link? I really can't remember. It's really I, re- I can't remember at all. <laughs> I'd probably probably I'd probably say I'd probably say no at the time. I guess people didn't care though, did they? Well, not didn't care, but it wasn't a big deal. It was. It was. It was. I think at the time, at the time, it was probably. I. I didn't even realize at all that that was a bit like a concern. At that point, it was more just great. Let's do it. I wonder if it would cross anyone's mind back then. Wouldn't really, would it? So long ago, wasn't it? Uh, interesting question. In some respects, I guess it's the value as well. Not that I was trying to belittle thirty pounds, but if no. you think thirty pounds, it's like oh, what? And I have to put terms and conditions on it. It just doesn't seem like something. No, I, I can relate to that. Jordan, can you remember the first paid project you did? Because you've only you've been blogging for what four years? It'd be it's no, it's um, a little over three years. I think it was three years in September. When was your first paid project? How long into blogging? I think it. I think it was even sooner than that. I think it would have been, I think, within about six months. Um, I can't, again, I can't remember what it was. Um, but I think it was more than, like, £30, £40. It must, I think it was about 250 I think. So how, how old are you at the moment, Jordan? Just remind me. 22. Okay. So I, I, my, my blog was in 2008 when it started, so I'd have been 23. No, okay. 22. I'd have been 22. And Jordan's getting 10 times what you were getting. Inflation. <laughs> I guess going back to that question, do either of you think that knowledge of the regulations is widely known in the industry? Uh, simple answer, yes, from me. Totally. I think now people know that they need to do something, but I just don't think they know what they're exactly supposed to say or how they're supposed to phrase something. And by putting certain rules in place, I don't know whether that'll make things better or worse um, I think we're in an interesting time where people are more mindful of it though I think some people are assume they are immune to it because they're not working in the position as a full-time job I think that's quite a big part of it personally mm, that's interesting so you reckon people who go full-time blogger are more likely to kind of uh, read up on the rules and respect them a bit more than people who just dally in this area you should hope so. You should hope so because hopefully they're taking it seriously uh, and checking the checking the facts, crossing the crossing the t's, dotting the i's. In terms of regulations, going back to Jordan's mm. point, um, do you think that there? Do you think the regulations need to be more kind of draconian and firm? I.e., they specifically say if you're doing a paid piece of work on Instagram, it has to say advertisement. And that has to be the first word that's on your copy. Do you think it needs that level of... Would that make it easier? It's not for me to decide that, does it? I, I would actually say that could could there be it could it be more clear on Instagram? Made by Instagram. As in like the branded content tool they've got? 
Do, do either of you have yeah, that, by the way? Some kind of more more guidelines actually on the app. Oh, right. I see what you mean. Somehow. Yeah. Because at the minute, it basically just says refer to your local. It's a free for all. Button maker. Um, yeah. yeah. Do either of you have the branded content tool? Not yet, but if Instagram are listening, I would um, I'd want it. <laughs> uh, and same, not yet for me either. No. Really? Uh, yeah. I got the prompt. Uh, I think Jordan got the prompt as well, if I remember rightly, but I've not seen anything. I've, I've tried to use it, but I've still not got anything going. Hmm. That's interesting. It would make things a lot easier. I'm not 100% sure how it works, actually, because obviously you tag a brand in, so let's yeah. say you do some work with... Gucci, Matt, because I know that's a big brand. Yeah, yeah, that's next um, week. Next week, you do a piece of Gucci, you tag them, but they have to confirm that. So I don't know if that stops your post going live until they've confirmed it, which would be really irritating, wouldn't it? If you said I'm going to put it out on a Monday, and they didn't say yes till a Thursday. Yeah, but I think there is. I think you can agree to that or not agree to that. You can agree to the brand checking it or not. Oh, really? If I remember rightly. But that would mean anyone could put it up, surely. So I could say I was doing a good one for you, Nick. Nick, yeah, this uh, you. you should look into it. I should look into it. I should know this. Being being an influencer marketing specialist, the problem is with anything on Instagram like that. If you don't have access to it, you can't check it. That's true. You can't like test it, so it's really difficult to to work out and try chatting to Instagram. They're not the easiest organisation to speak to. And it's frustrating as to why some people have it and some people don't. Just because you've not got as many followers as the person that has got it, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be entitled to use a tool which should help us disclose or it's, it's yeah it's just as important for everyone isn't it it's a strange one i think i guess they're still testing it i know that the ftc in america said that it didn't go far enough and that so they don't think it's clear enough if someone uses that that it's paid for content from no, knowledge of the business do you, are they what are they deciding on are they deciding on impartial feedback do you think Who, who's that the regulators. So when they say it's not going far enough, is that because they've asked a hundred people, a hundred housewives in Texas? <laughs> I think that's that's a really interesting point. It would be interesting for the regulators to actually go out and ask people because I think we in the industry, all three of us here, make assumptions, don't we? I think we were chatting the other day, Matt, and you said something like, "Would your mum know it's sponsored content?" Yeah. Would you know? Would someone who doesn't use Instagram go on there and know from? the tag ad or tag spawn that something has been paid for by a brand. And that's quite interesting because I don't even think hashtag ad does. I think anyone who uses Instagram knows what it means, but if you've never used Instagram before, would you know that hashtag ad meant that it's an ad? I mean, that, go- that goes straight to the point of what we were discussing the other day when we were talking about the subject of that hashtag ad could be anything, couldn't it? Like Jordan was saying, it could be an emoji of a frog, but if that was the widely used... yeah. No. way to do it then are we pinning that on me is that, is that what I said hashtag hashtag yeah, frog you did specifically say emoji of a frog I actually remember it okay. I think you did yeah. oh maybe yeah. I did then maybe I said it I think I said it I'll let, I'll let you have that one but I think I'm wrong I think I'm wrong I'm going I'm turning my I'm turning around I mean if well no I think what I meant was if the regulator said it has to be a hashtag hashtag picture of a frog then that's what you have to do and I'm not saying the regulator's right if they do that I guess the question here is, what is transparency? As in, does hashtag ad even mean anything? I mean, we've, I was going to say we've grown up with it. I guess we have. Hashtag ad to me immediately means this is a paid for piece of content. But I don't know that, yeah, 
the man on the street, the 100 housewives of Texas, do they know that hashtag ad means that Gucci has paid Matt to wear some of their perfume? I think I'd, I'd agree with the FTC in the sense that I don't think it does go far enough because if we all think about the way that we interact with our phones, the, the speed at which we scroll, you almost miss the bit at which, at which it inserts the paid partnership. It, you, you scroll too quick to even see that it was an ad. And now people will take out the hashtag ad in their caption because they've got this. And if you miss that top line, then it even becomes even more unclear. So it's only when you look mm. at a photo in isolation that you realise it's a paid photo or a paid for That's project. That's a good point. That's an, it's an interesting point, that. The, the actual, what you were just saying there about the speed of scrolling. Because some people use Instagram for a totally different reason. Like they just, they're literally just scrolling through. Like for instance, my partner Holly, right? She doesn't like any images. She just scrolls through really quickly. I've had a like or two. I've I've made the cut. Oh, we have you now. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Holly, if you're listening. But generally, she'll just like I'll see her scroll past, and she'll just ignore one of my pictures. Because she's doing it so fast. She's basically just looking for dog pictures and like dog videos <laughs> and stuff. But it's it's a different way of using it. So like are they regulate what are the regulations for? Are they to protect the people that really engage with the content or just everyone? Because I guess a lot of people a lot of people don't care, do they? I imagine. Or is it is it just I guess it's to protect everyone. Hmm. But I do feel like they are actually geared towards people who use the service which is an odd one because it means if someone comes in new, how many times they see hashtag ad before they realise it's an ad. And by then, they'll have seen three or four posts which were ads and they didn't know. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's a true. weird one. But then what, what would you do? I mean, what would you say, Jordan? What, should, what could they do to reduce that in terms of the speed of scrolling? Like stick a hologram on the picture that says ad? would look a bit weird, wouldn't it? I did see that recently. Actually, funny you mention it. I got a contract through that had some guidelines and I think the guidelines have been copied from a, a TV um, advertising because it did say insert hologram in corner type thing. Would you Would you do that? Would either of you do that? I wouldn't personally but then if I had to I guess I would, yeah. But then I guess the argument again is it depended on the opacity of that hologram it could have the same or great not, word great word no, it has no effect on whether the visibility of it it's like the speed of scrolling again if it's not if it's not bold enough then you might not even see that so it's all down to interpretation isn't it at the end of the day i think like i think i can count i can speak for you jordan on this one so like, we all okay. want to do, we want take to do it away the, i'll go downstairs there make a pretend you speak <laughs> for me no but we want to do the right thing we want to set a good impression to everyone and we want to do the right thing we don't want to get in trouble because we're doing this properly so we want to follow the guidelines which is probably why we're having the discussion in the first place isn't it yeah definitely um the last thing we want to do is get in trouble because that could ruin our job which people just um i feel like people are just disregarding though because they're not doing it full time or maybe they're too naive i guess in a way or just careless a lot of the time. I was going to ask you this question, but there's no point because I know the answer. I guess we three and more of us aside do see on a daily basis content that we know or we're pretty confident is paid for without a disclosure. Yeah. I, I think for me, the main what I, when I see that, 
it it's frustrating because I think I just feel not sorry almost I don't know of a better word but it's like the only reason you're getting these opportunities is because of the audience you've been able to garner and if you're then not disclosing it's almost disrespectful to them that you're that you're not telling them it's paid a paid project mm. what do you think the reason would be that people wouldn't do it I think there's so many reasons. I think people say, oh, it's uncool, or oh, I just don't, I didn't think I needed to. I think there's so many excuses or people that forget initially and then add it in, add it, add it in, um, and then put it in an hour later. It's like, well, have you missed the boat then? Because the visibility of that post is going to be very small afterwards. Um, there's only a certain amount of mistakes you can make, isn't there, really? Yeah. Before it's just way too convenient. Which is a shame. But I think we were having a conversation the other day. It's like, well, maybe in their contract it's worded in the sense that they're only getting paid for their blog post with the presumption that they'll post an Instagram post. And then by the letter of the law, they're then not doing anything wrong because they're not getting paid for that part of the content. But it just looks, it looks bad anyway. It'd still look bad. I mean, that's something that I've, that I've definitely done in the past um, because it's not been in the contract. But then... <clears throat> recently that's that's not the case but yeah i think that that's definitely happening happening still doesn't it that's a really interesting one because i think um you know if there's an assumption of a post because the whole thing is about control isn't it if the brand is controlling your editorial uh, uh output then you have to disclose but if they haven't said you've got to put an instagram post up yeah if you do a youtube video that's paid for but just post and they say that's all we want and then you do an Instagram story or post that yeah. says come and check out my new video you're not getting paid for that but you are getting paid the example I would use Matt is when we went to I may be grassing myself up a bit here when I went to that gin distillery for you for the blog the contract was very specific and it said it even listed the channels on which paid content was going to appear and they were all your channels. So, of course, when we put the content up, we fully disclosed. But, of course, I went to the distillery. Yeah. I took Instagram stories. I took photos on the day. I think when I posted about the actual blog post, I put up ad on one of them. But for everything else I posted, I didn't. Yeah. On your channels, was that? Yeah, because I was getting paid, essentially, in a way, I guess, I was getting paid by Matt for producing content for his channel and the channel the brand were paying for the content to appear on Matt's channel I was just the creator not the publisher so yeah I, I think but I think that's the same argument priority. for photographers and videographers and for anyone that does anything editorially for a brand and then they feel they want to share that work they're not being paid to put stuff on their social media if they have a big following um so I think that's again it's another murky area it's a strange one though isn't it because when I looked at the regulations and somebody whose name escapes me wrote a really good blog on this and I'll, if wherever the hell we post this, if there's room to put links, I will put this as a link. She mentioned gifting and said that gifting has to be, um, has to be disclosed if there was any creative control from the brand. Um, and in a way, you think that how, that sounds really clear to me, doesn't it? So if a brand give you a pair of trainers, if Gucci give Matt some perfume but don't pay him and say, can you say this about the perfume and Matt says that about the perfume, then he should disclose that the brand are essentially paying him 
but it's just in perfume. Um, firstly, I guess, do you agree with that? I don't think you should agree to do a project on the base. Like, say with that example, if a brand wants to talk, wants you to say something particular about that perfume without even testing it, well, it's a job that I wouldn't personally take because how can you agree to that without even like using it? Um, yeah, that's a good point. But some people do, and we all know that people do. But should they disclose? How how what how how would you disclose it? Well, that was that's actually a question I got asked um, earlier this week. Someone said, "This is a good example." Actually, they said um, I was gifted a product and asked to include it in a look. Yeah, that I was going to do in the next coming weeks. I included it in the look. Should I put that that item was gifted out of all the other items? So he did a whole look of like five six pieces. He's wearing a lot of clothes. Um, should he put? <laughs> it's like winter wear, uh, socks, hat, boxer shorts, everything. Should he have put gifted next to the item that was gifted to him? Like, should he make that clear? They did ask him to do a post with it in. They weren't paying him. And is this is whose whose rules was this? Did you say was it from the same? Group? This is from the ASA. Yeah. I have heard this in the past, but I think the clues in the name. It's a gift, so I think a gift without any uh, editorial control is a gift. Um, but a gift where you're like, oh, we want, we're not going to send this to you in without conditions, without the conditions of it's including the blog post, then there should be some disclosure. But I don't think the disclosure should be in this current saying hashtag ad because that then in other people's minds constitutes that as payment in terms of financial reimbursement. So I think there's almost two different two different brackets. You don't want to say hashtag ad. But you do want to disclose it, so there's always two different fields. It should be one for gifting, one for financial payment. The classic courtesy of ex Gucci in this case, which I, I'm not working for Gucci, but it sounds like I am. Sounds like you will be. No, it's it's interesting. I think that's a really hard area because even with you summing it up there, Jordan, which sounded very clear and um, to the point, there's so many different permutations, isn't there? It's like there's so many different ways you can work with a brand, yeah. And it's kind of like it gets that level of like, oh well, like I came for, I went for dinner with a brand, and at the end of the dinner, the the person who invited me said, oh, would you mind posting about this dinner on your on, on your Instagram? Do you then put up hashtag gifted or hashtag well not gifted that sounds weird hashtag gift or do you disclose this hashtag dinner wasn't paid for, for by bill. me? It's like it's a really it gets into a level where you're like you know, disclaimers and everything. There should be even a, like an Instagram disclaimer section, not even just at the top, like a like a whole box. Fill in your comment, fill in your hashtag, fill in your disclaimer. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, could be actually. Instagram, if you're listening, um, my fee is 10%. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take one for, uh, for knowing Nick. Because like, like the gin example, I put up some pictures of some, of the gin distillery I'm, I'm advertising the brand to people mm. to the very very few followers i have but i'm not telling them that the brand paid me and it's almost as if i'm giving an endorsement to the brand i'm making i'm definitely making a connection between them and me people are like oh this guy went and bought some gin from that brand therefore he must like that brand therefore yeah. if i respect his authority on gin or lack thereof I should buy that brand. It sounds so slightly similar similar to the project we did when we went to Copenhagen, 
even though we weren't actually paid, but the brand paid us to stay in the hotel and pay for our flights or some of our flights. But they were clear on that they wanted people to disclose that, even though it wasn't. Yeah, they were, but did the did the plus but the plus ones were exempt from that. It's just interesting. It's not like there's a right and wrong there. I'm not saying there is, but yeah, I guess in that instance, the plus one wasn't getting. I guess they were. They were benefiting from the trip, but mm. that was that was more of a gift because there was no editorial control yeah. put on it. But at the same time, to go back to my point, it's like, does edit, does it even editorial control matter? Because if someone sends you a gift, you then they they are changing their yeah. You, know, you might just be obliged to post yeah. They and they might be sending you the gift knowing that you're more likely to post about it because you're obliged. Should you just declare that it was free? Yeah, this is a brand I haven't paid for. Yeah, I am advertised. People feel more obliged than less than others, though, don't they? It's like some people feel, oh, someone sent me something. I need to post about this. How can I work this into something? Whereas for me, if something gets sent to me, well, first of all, I'll say I'll, on email, I'll be like, oh, I really appreciate you getting in touch. Um, would you mind if they say, oh, we want to send you something in the post? The first reaction for me is like, what is it? And I'll always check if it's something that I'm likely to use Gucci perfume yeah exactly Gucci perfume and then but I don't feel obliged to post about it because oh I don't know it's a difficult one this so if people are looking for an answer with this podcast they're not going to get one it's just an open-ended conversation that I think I think just I think to uh you know a good point to make clear is you know we're not discussing anything to do with paid here I mean in my view paid is really clear if someone pays you to post, let's just make it simple. If someone pays you to post on Instagram or to tweet or to produce a YouTube video or to build a Pinterest board, you've got to declare that that was paid for. That's I, I find it hard that people still find that hard to understand. Yeah. Um, I guess, so that's that's kind of point one done. But the, the, the point underneath that is, and we've had a lot of chat about this this week, where do you disclose? I'm still of the opinion... And I have actually shifted this opinion in recent months, but because it hadn't really been clear to me, but that the disclosure has to come pretty early on in the text, because I think if you're hiding it in any way, then it's not transparent. Um, and I think you two both agree on that point, do you not? I would only agree if I was told that was the law. I would just go with whatever the rules are. If the rules say you have to be transparent, this is a good. This is a good one to discuss. If if they say they're not, tra- it has to be transparent to a user that your content is paid for. Do you not feel that the disclosure has to come before the dot dot dot, the read yeah. more dot 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 on on Instagram? This for me is a this this for me is a new one. I, I even fortnight ago I would have said no, nah, it's fine, just stick it at the end. But actually thinking about it, I'm like when people scroll through, like Jordan said, they're on their speed scroll. They're not going to click that read more, and they're not going to see that it was an ad, but they will have seen and consumed the content. So it seems to me like it should come before that to be transparent, which is what the rules say. It has to be transparent. Mm. I think this is something that I'm going to start doing. I definitely think it needs to be within that top line, above the read more, because it's without even realising if your caption starts becoming longer and longer and then it falls into that read more. It wasn't that I was trying to cover it up. It was just the fact that I had a lot to say and I probably rambled. Um, But now... I'll always try and aim to have it in that top line. I think it's good to set an example as well, a good example. Um, 
Because it's not it's not something you see very regularly. I mean, actually, it is this week, funnily enough. But, and you do see it more in American content. Um, at least I do, anyway. But I guess that's because I think the regulator in America is a lot more, I think they have a lot more power. I mean, I don't know, this is this is an assumption, but you know what America's like with litigation and things? Yeah. In America, you wouldn't want to get sued, would you? No. And I think if people are fearful of putting it in that top line, then maybe it's a job that they shouldn't be doing. I don't think anyone's going to look at that top line, see that someone's paid for it, and think, oh, I'm not going to like that photo now. I think if it's a good brand match and it's a great image, then the fact that you've put ad in the top line shouldn't impact on that. So I don't think people should worry about that. Something you were saying the other day, Nick, about um, ad images on Instagram perform not as well as organic content. Do, is that something you like? You would agree with? Because someone mentioned it the other day. Was Me or Jordan? Two, one of you two mentioned I, it. I think I said it. I mean, that's what I believe. Ad content. I mean, in my job, we're always telling brands, look, the content won't perform as well as an organic piece of content. That's just something you have to live with. It's particularly, I think on Instagram, it's not such, it's not such, a, such a thing. But on YouTube in particular, YouTube content tends to perform a lot really? worse if it's an ad. I think it's because, um, I don't know, maybe there's more, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's a more scathing audience on YouTube. I don't know. Maybe, it's, maybe people do see that initial word ad. And YouTube has a lot of boxes and things that say this contains paid promotion. And maybe that does put people off. Um, but I think to go to your point, Jordan, that actually if people are being put off, you've got to ask yourself whether it's the right brand to be working with and whether it's the right content to be creating. Because that's always my counter argument is, you know, those are the two questions you've got to be asking. And if the answer is kind of not, so you're then worried about putting an ad, then you shouldn't be doing the project anyway. I guess it all depends on the image. I think, say, if you were a travel influencer and you got took out by either a car company or a travel insurance company, I think the image that you're going to put up is going to be very in keeping with what you naturally post anyway. So I think the the, the level that it performs at should stay quite steady. But I think, say, I'm trying to think whether it be a drinks brand or something to do with packaging, it already has that, it's already, in, it looks more addy. And then if you then put the top line in as well, then maybe that's just like the nail in the coffin. And maybe that's why those posts don't perform well. Um, so that's why generally I don't really do much in terms of having a bottle on the table or holding something up to my face because that's just not something I would do because I know that it's just, I don't know. Oh, it's going to stand out, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to stand Straight out. Away. And that's a really yeah, interesting point, and I keep saying that. Probably have to cut that a few of those out. But in terms of you know, looking forward, I think part of the problem is that ads have underperformed because they're ads. And because brands come to guys like you and are very prescriptive about what they want you to do and they're prescriptive to such an extent that it moves what would be your normal content out of your normal content. I've, an example, and I won't mention the, the influencer. Remember we were chatting the other day about that guy who takes a lot of really nice architecture shots and it's not me. Um, and then like his fifth or sixth post was like a picture of his front room. Yeah. And that was just totally out of sync, wasn't it, with everything else he does yeah. and the content that performed awfully. And you think, why would the brand want that? I don't. That's, this is my kind of counter argument: is like you've put, you're going to have to put add on anyway, or the the authorities are going to get you. So it makes you start to question more why you're even doing that. 
and makes you push back on the brand and say, look, I, you know, the brand is a good match, but the content you're asking me to create isn't, isn't me. It's not my content. And actually this would perform far better if it was done in a style that is much more me. That, that's, that's a subject we used to talk about quite a lot when we were talking about blog posts. I think it was an easy example to say this is a, a golf company once contacted us to see if we wanted to play golf. And <clears throat> the, simple, the, sim, the simple answer is, is no. <laughs> the sim- <laughs> do, you remember that, uh, do you remember that fly fishing one? I do. Yeah, and I, I was, we were actually going to do that. that so that, <laughs> ma- that makes more sense if you look at the brand. We wanted to do it, but yeah, yeah, back no, to did, my point. Um, so yeah, we got invited to play golf and that content just didn't fit. But if they had said, would you like to go to a golf ball factory, sign me up because <laughs> it makes more sense. That's what I always find strange in these situations. It's like you know, a brand working backwards would think they take someone on like you, Jordan, but they'll, they, should be looking, they should be looking for the audience and they say, these are the people we want to sell our product to. So who talks to those people? Well, one of the people who talks to those people is Jordan, his audience or the audience we want to speak to. So now how do we work with Jordan to deliver our message to that audience? But it seems to be backwards to me. It's like they decide what they want to do, yeah, totally. then they decide who they want to work with, and then they get surprised when people say, I don't want to do that. They don't just decide what they want to do, but how they want to do it. So they're like, oh, okay, we're going to sell our product by doing a golfing tournament. Jordan, we want you to come and play golf. It's like, that doesn't work with you necessarily. Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. Maybe you'd love to do a golfing tournament. I think we're going through a time where everyone wants to get on board with influencer marketing. Everyone wants to work with influencers, whether it be on YouTube or on blog posts or on sponsored content. And sometimes... To be blunt, I don't think every brand suits influencer marketing. I don't think every brand needs to have an Instagram post and influencers working on it. It just doesn't suit their product. But they almost feel, well, this is me making assumptions. They almost feel like they need to be part of it now. They need, they need to get involved with it. And it's bad when a brand that shouldn't be on Instagram doing Instagram posts partners up with an influencer that will say yes to everything. And you'll get an underperforming post and it'll just look terrible and it almost scapegoats the industry because some people will see that one person's content, that influencer's content he's put out with a terrible brand and a terrible brand message. I feel like I need an example. Are we, talk, are we talking like, Ooh, you, you um, mean like, say for instance, like a crisp brand or something like that? Yeah, just anything. I'm thinking like washing up liquids or washing powder. or Well, maybe not washing powder because some people could do that well, but like... I don't know. There's just certain products that you don't think tonics yeah, tea cakes go down well on Instagram. Yeah, no, they would. They go down well on Instagram. I've got uh, there's that there's that girl. Is it Nikki? Someone she makes. You've got them tonics tea cake cushions. This is an ad. No, a friend of mine made two cushions for me. I have them on my bed, but they are very much like that Instagrammers. Yeah, would you agree with that? Would you do you think that there are brands out there that think we need to do an Instagram content push? let's go find some influencers and there isn't with with men's lifestyle and to take for example there isn't that many of us so if there isn't someone that suits your product then maybe you should wait until someone does or maybe put your money into something else i find it strange when brands don't act in a strategic and sensible way i think there are i agree with you i think there are a lot of brands for whom instagram 
and social media in general is a much more challenging space than they'd like to believe. Um, I'll give you an example, actually. Years ago, I was chatting to a guy at um, a random party, uh, some networking event, and his company make fencing for horse races. You know the white fencing that goes down the side of horse races? Yeah. And he was, we had a meeting because he was like, I want to build our Instagram account. And I was a bit like, okay. And And his strategy was just take photos of the fencing and say, we've just launched this new bit of fencing. That is the nichest account I've ever heard. <laughs> exactly. And, and I was kind of, I mean, he kind of laughed me out of the room. I was naively assuming he knew anything about marketing. My, my kind of pitch to him was, look, you know, he felt like his customers were on Instagram. I couldn't argue with that or not, but let's just say his customers were. But they're all into horse racing. Like, wouldn't it be better for him to work with an influencer or even just on his own to create content that was of value to the horse racing community, which was sponsored by and produced by his company, this horse race fencing thing, but would attract an audience who would watch it. And it wouldn't have a message in there about his fencing ever. It would just be about horse racing. But you know, this is kind of old school marketing. It's like why soap operas are called soap operas. They didn't use soap. They were just sponsored by soap companies. Like you just sponsor the content and people would go, I love that content. And they would feel warm and fuzzy about the brand. And when it came to buying horse racing fencing, that's who they turned to. But, but he was just like you said, Jordan, he's like, oh no, we've got to, you know, we've got to go on Instagram. We've got to send some horse fencing <laughs> to a blogger and they got a pose of it. <laughs> do a flat lay of, horse fencing and you're just like would you do it how much how much would let's say he he's on the phone now on another skype call and he's saying sound get like, me these two guys get, like me deal these or two no guys. Deal. get me these two guys now i don't money is no object but they have to do they have to do one instagram shot of them with the product for length no because it's just me leaning on a fence there's no value for my audience is there that's no when people say I, it frustrates you when people go, oh, but if you could get paid like £10,000, £100,000, would you do it? No, it still comes down to the simple question of does it suit my audience or does it suit what I produce? And if the answer is no, it doesn't matter how much money you're going to throw at it. So it, it just that won't comes work. Back to, that comes back to integrity in, in terms of content and ads yeah. and all, all the content that you've put out there, your output. It's to do with integrity. That's massive. That hits the nail on the head. I guess the only way you'd do it is if you decided it was game over. Yeah. I was just, I was just going to say Go that. Too. You could take, you could take that money. You could take a million quid, and then you'd just be like, "I'll lose all my audience." But I'll so this is when we cut to Jordan on the beach else. with a bit of fence next next to him. No, actually, it segues nicely into that guy whose name has also escaped me. Everyone's name escapes me. Um, you you can see that we've, Jordan. you can see that we've pre-planned this. We've prepped. We've prepped. We've prepped. I've got notes. He he only has he's missing a tooth. An American photographer lives in Alaska or somewhere cold. Yes. Nineteen twenty-four. As his name, yeah. his his name does escape us. Actually, I will search it now. Whilst you continue to talk, though. But I just thought it was interesting that he's the first person I've seen who's he's like quit. He's quit Instagram. Mm. Down tools. Yeah, use it. Actually, says yeah. User user not found. What he actually deleted it. Oh wow! So all that content. I mean, his content was. His content wow, that's was beautiful. That's crazy. Did you see his final post? Yeah, in my slightly hungover state, I did see the fact that he was he was making a big song and dance about something, but I didn't actually see that he was quitting. Um, what was his reasoning behind it? 
uh, he said it was very long and it's a shame you can't see it. I mean, it was very heartfelt in its and honest. Well, I presume it's honest. Um, he said that he felt like he'd done a lot of soul searching and felt like he was pandering to Instagram as a social network and it was having a detrimental impact on his family life and his mental state and his ability to create the best work that he could. So he said, anyone who wants to follow me, get on my mailing list, come and see me on my website, but I'm only going to be producing content for me for me now, not and for other paying people, because he does a lot of brand work, doesn't he, and stuff. So it's interesting, like 600,000 followers I think he had. I mean, that's not a small account, is it? That's crazy. Fair play to him, though. Like some people, it does have, that's the thing behind the scenes that audiences probably don't see is the impact it has on people when you're working on paid mm. content, like the stress of when maybe a post doesn't go down as well. Um, you're thinking, oh, what can I do better? Or you're refreshing to see if more likes or there's any more comments. And it's just, it can have such a big impact on mental health. Yeah, no, there's definitely a piece of done in that. That's one for, another, that's one for part two. But that that's actually, I mean, it was... You know, that that guy, I've followed him for a while. He's very heartfelt in his posts, isn't he? He's always very honest and open. And actually, there's a lot of YouTubers do it. They put up videos saying, this is the last video I'm ever going to do. I'm going to quit YouTube just to get their audience to all watch it and then write at the bottom and plead with them to come back. And then they go, ah, I'll come back. So initially, I initially thought, oh, maybe that's that. And then I thought, I don't think this guy is that kind of person. Um, interestingly, he just deleted the account, though, because that means... You know, even if in a month's time, a year's time, he thinks... Oh, yeah, you can okay. do that. You can just de- you deactivate it, but your content comes back. Oh, does it? Uh, okay. His name is Christian Watson. Um, yeah. He did, he, I, know, I know he modelled at uh, New York Fashion Week as well, didn't he? A couple of times. Here's an odd one to put a bit of cynicism on it. What about if he's only paid for content and he's now took the account down? Is he then liable? It's a good question. I don't know. In the contract, there should be something about the duration of content. I've always thought that in, in influence contracts, why there isn't, because, you know, it doesn't say like, you know, what until, you know, you'll be 96 and you'll get a knock on the door and someone <laughs> will go, oh, um, we just noticed that uh, you deactivate your Instagram account, Jordan. You owe us um, that 250 quid back with interest for the last 100 years. <laughs> but that's interesting. It's, I. What would you say? What would you say to... Uh, because I think this is a question I genuinely don't know the answer to for once. Um, what, uh, how, how long would you? How long would you say is reasonable? Because I think there should be a length of time, shouldn't there? Because you guys might change your your lives or your minds or your content direction, and you might think, you know, all well, that fen- horse fence post content I did, I want to delete. But obviously, if you did that next week, that's not really fair on him. If you did it in six months, that's probably not fair. But two years, do you reckon? Something like that. Um, it's that's interesting because I've never I've never taken anything down. So, I've never no. I'm not so. I'm not, I can't answer that. I guess it's well. You ha- if you wanted to look at it in a plain way, it'd all come down to looking at the contracts. And if it doesn't say, if it says we want you to keep this up for six months before deleting it or whatever, then obviously you're okay. But if if it's not even alluded to, then I presume you'd be okay. <clears throat> it's only when the client would say we want this to remain on your feed for well, forever. I don't think I would delete a piece of paid content, though. Yeah. You'd hope you'd, you'd made the content work for you more than the, the brand. Unless, unless it embarrasses you. What, later on? But if it, doesn't, if it embarrasses you later on, are you that bothered? Are people going to scroll back through 15 years of Instagram, if Instagram's still a thing? 
It could it could well be worth deleting something if you felt it incriminated you in some way, or someone was putting a case against you. Um, okay, so I think we need a final thought from each of you. What advice would you give Matt to somebody who is starting out in this world? Maybe has had their first paid for opportunity. What do you think the first thing they should do is? Hopefully, um, hopefully look at some examples from their people they may call role models or look up to um, as you know a, a good model to to uh, copy I guess not copy as such but just sort of take advice from that's tr it's a tricky one though isn't it new people the fact that I, I am 32 now and some people reading my blog are 16 and they actually want to like some people at 16 year old now want to be celebrities there we go um and the same question to you, Jordan. What would you advise someone who's just starting out and maybe has their third pay, first paid-for post? I think, obviously, be like, proud of where you've got to because I think when you get your first paid opportunity, it's such a big thing. But I think don't let the excitement take over and think, is it, is it right for me? And if it is, think how you can do it creatively, how you can work into the content you're already creating, and then just remember to disclose and... Do everything that do well. Make sure that it's clear that it's an, an ad. But I'm sure people will be happy for you that it is an ad. Oh dear, I can't, I can't, I can't compete with that. It's too, prof it's too profound. You're always asking. It's too profound. That's a good point to end on. I think it's worth, it's worth following up with some more uh, chat about this because it's, it's the subject's just endless, really, isn't it? The fact that it's always changing and the fact that. You were saying two weeks ago that ad did um, ad could be anywhere in the content, but now it's in the top line. Suggests that we need to just keep doing this for the next ten years. There we go. Well, hopefully, people have took something away from this, and if, if people are still confused by everything, then maybe then we should open it up. Feel free to get in touch on Twitter and Instagram and the rest. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we have to thank everyone for listening. Everyone. <laughs> we have to thank anyone who got to the end of this. Uh, and then um, I have to say thanks to you, Matt. See ya. Thanks. There we go. And uh, I say thanks to you, Jordan, for joining us too. No problem at all, Nick. There's nothing I'd rather be doing at 9.45 on a Sunday evening. <laughs>